I want you to open up your Bible with me tonight. If you have your Bible, which I'm hoping you do because you came to church tonight. <laughs> if not, you should have the Bible lab. But open up your Bible to the book of Psalms, chapter 94. Again, that's Psalms 94. And I want to talk to you about anxieties. I want to talk to you about the spirit of depression, the spirit of worry, and how many times our, our soul faints, our soul is taken by the emotion the, of the mind, our, our, our flesh takes over our mind, our flesh takes over our body. And um, I am respectfully... Therefore, a couple of people once a week, I can't uh, say too much, but respectfully once a week, I am there for some people in mentoring, in consolation, and just being there for them. Some of them have real issues when it comes to the mind they have either been affected by a long history of drug abuse or uh, some have really hard past uh, upbringing in their family a lot of hurt and nevertheless they deal with a lot of stress and anxiety things that easily tick them off of a life of peace and uh, some of them fear relapsing. Others that the Lord has called me once a week, I set aside my Mondays to be able to counsel people across the nation. Once a week, every seven days, I meet with at least six to seven people on, on Monday nights for a half an hour, and I just encourage them. But one of the things that I, I notice greatly is that we create dependencies in keeping our mind and our bodies and our lives intact, but yet we act like we live a life that's out of control. We declare that we're out of control. We declare that anything is going to relapse us back into an old lifestyle or anything is going to make us break down. But I want you to notice that in that spirit, we have given the authority to something. We have rendered our authority to something. And in that authority, it takes over our lives. And I want you to just think about this. Whenever an anxiety attack happens or whenever there is a feeling of depression or a feeling of losing your mind or your peace, you are giving the authority to that situation to treat you the way that it wants to treat you. And in the end result, you're saying, I feel like I'm not in control of my life. But in reality, you are because you rendered your authority. You gave up. You relinquished your authority to something. And so it all goes back to that verse where God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. And how many want a sound mind in this place? Look at what uh, Psalms 94, 17 through 19 declares to us. It says, if the Lord had not been my help, I just want to remind you of what it feels like to live a life full of anxieties. If the Lord had not been my help, 
My soul would soon have lived in the silence, uh, in the land of silence. When I thought my foot slips, your steadfast love, O Lord, held me up. And when the cares of my heart are many. How many know that many times the cares of our hearts are many? Amen. The Bible says your consolations cheer my soul. You know, this verse relates to all of us tonight. If not in the present moment of your life, at some point in history, this has been you. If the Lord had not been your help, where would you have been? If the Lord had not been your help. And the psalmist said correctly, his steadfast love. How many know it's his steadfast love that held us up? It is his steadfast love that holds us up in the moment. And so, but look at this last portion of the scripture that we just read, verse 19. It says, when the cares of my heart are many. How many feel like that sometimes? The cares of your heart are many. That they have swamped your life. They have swamped your mind. They have taken over. They have taken you captive as a prisoner. Amen. When the cares of your heart are many. Look at what it says. The cons your consolations, O Lord, cheer my soul. But I want you to notice that it doesn't say your consolation. It pluralizes consolation. And it says consolations. That means that God is describing that he helps us in many ways, not just one way. You got to be open to how the spirit of the Lord helps us in many ways. For many are the afflictions of the righteous. Amen. But God delivers them out of, uh, out of some? No. The Bible says that God delivers us out of them all. Amen. Out of them all. And he doesn't just do it one way. God delivers us out of them all in many ways. I just think many times where we don't like uh, uh, to change repetition. We don't like God to refresh us with refreshing moves. Amen. We like God to refresh us with repetition. And, you know, we need to get out of that mentality that God needs to be repeating the same thing over. God wants to refresh you with fresh waters. God wants to refresh you with fresh wisdom. God wants to refresh you with fresh power. Come on, somebody bless the name of the Lord. God want, and I'm going to tell you why God wants to refresh you with something new. Because yesterday's demons aren't today's demons. And maybe your anxieties yesterday aren't today's anxieties. And maybe your worries today, you know, aren't yesterday's worries. But the Lord is new every morning. His mercies are new every morning. They are fresh every morning. Come on, somebody bless the name of the Lord. And so... I want to just encourage you that there are strength in times of anxiety. And I'll tell you something. Many times we don't even realize it, but in our anxiety, we are sinning against God. We are sinning against God because we have made our soul our God instead of God, the God of our soul. God wants to console your life, but you're not allowing him to console you. You're taking things into your own hands. God desires for us to abide in His love. God desires for us to abide in His joy. God desires for us to abide in His peace. And, you know, can we all agree that that's not easy at times? Nevertheless, what if I told you that in God's presence and in His word is found the strength to overcome the many moments of anxiety that will come because of adversity? God has given you the power through His Holy Spirit to overcome times of loss. God has given you the power to overcome in times of betrayal. 
God has given you the power to overcome in times of hurt, in times of pain, in times of suffering. Whatever the future holds, that will not be our easiest times. Let me say that again. Whatever the future holds, and it will not be your easiest times, it will feel like hell. It will feel like the seal. It will feel like the death of your life. It will feel like the, you know, the pain that will never leave as if your soul will never have a bomb, as if your life will never have an answer. I know how that feels like, to feel like you're hitting a brick wall every day of your life as if you're not leading to anything new, as if there is no purpose as to why you are waking up in the morning. I know that there will be times of anxiety that uh, will come to your life in the future, but I want to just declare something to you tonight God through his Holy Spirit has the ability to grant to you the strength to overcome all adversity to come uh, overcome all loss to overcome all pain all betrayal all hurt that is about to come to you in your future there won't be easy times but because the Holy Spirit abides in you church you are able to overcome the world because you are able to overcome the world, you are able to come overcome yourself. Because you are able to overcome the world. God gave you the authority to overcome the world in Him by the blood that was shed on the cross. You also have the power to overcome yourself. You are your greatest enemy. You are your greatest threat in life. We blame the devil too much. But it is the flesh that keeps us uh, uh, unproductive. It is the flesh that keeps us paralyzed. It is the flesh that keeps us discouraged. It is the flesh that keeps us sad. But when you, uh, when you uh, uh, render these things unto the Lord, when you submit it to the knowledge of Christ, when you submit it to the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, you can overcome yourself. Even yourself. Yes, even yourself. Our worries, our depressive thoughts, our anxieties, our ways, our habits. God has given you the authority through His Holy Spirit to overcome yourself. I could not help but to think of how the children of God lack giving their worries and stresses that they go through to God. Which in my opinion, I believe has great value in God. God does not see what you stress about and worry about and have a trouble in life about as something small. He is not only worried about your soul. He is also attending to the cares of your soul. Just understand this. God's not just worried about your soul. He just does not want to be the Lord of your heart. He's worried about the cares of your heart. He's worried about the afflictions of your life. He doesn't want us to respond like robots. He knows we will cry. He knows we will get angry. For these Feelings he has granted to us by his grace to cry, to feel frustrated, to get angry at times, to feel as if you need to do something or change things. All of these feelings God has granted to us, but we ought to minister to them correctly according to the word of God. There's going to be times where you get frustrated. Even Jesus got frustrated. There's going to be times where you cry. Even Jesus wept. He got sad too. But he knew the purposes of his father. When you get sad, when you get frustrated, when you get angry, do you, re do you rely ultimately on the purposes of God or do you stay in your mind? Do you stay in your flesh? Do you stay in your, your, uh, your uh, capriccio, your, your hard-headedness? Or do you 
surrender to the Lord that He has the final word in your life. God is not only worried about having your heart, but as well managing and maintaining it. And when it comes to truly trusting in the Lord, when it comes to releasing the problems and the trials of our lives, we lack the follow through on our part to God. It seems as if the God that said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, has to beg us day after day saying, just give me your trials, give me your problems, give me your afflictions. Why does God have to beg us? If we are tended by God, if we are taken care of by God, if He is the shepherd of the sheep and we are His sheep, we are the sheep of His pasture. We don't belong to ourselves. We don't even make ourselves. We belong to God. But why do we wait to the last minute to seek for strength? Why do we wait until the last minute to seek for joy? Why do we wait until the last minute to seek for, you know, authority to overcome the works of the flesh? Why don't we quickly re respond to the love of God that is called to abide in our lives? I think some of the, these reasons are that we like to be in control. We haven't truly accepted what it means to be the people of His pasture, as it says in Psalms 100, verse 3. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is not He. It is He who made us, and we are His, and we are His people, and the sheep of His pasture. I believe that we lack to immediately come to Him or to release to Him all immediately because that means we are releasing the need to retain the strength of our humanity and solely rely on the strength, righteousness, and sovereignty of God. We're relying on the sovereignty of God to bring resolutions in our trials. We give up ourselves to seek for God's strength. you got to get over yourself one day. Sooner or later, you have to get over yourself. I don't care how big, bad, and tough you are. You are your worst enemy. The meaner you are, the, the worst enemy you got. I'm tough. Well, that means that same toughness and hardness that uh, you display to others, you display to yourself when it comes to trying to get back up. You are your worst enemy. And if you are a worst enemy... If you are a, a, a person that has no control with others, you will have no self-control for yourself. And I want you to see how this leads us to being the Lord of ourselves. And we end up uh, uh, driving our lives by impulses. You know, we need to get out of that life of responding in situations upon impulse. We fail to practice a life that clings to Christ in everything. Do you cling to the Lord Jesus Christ in everything in your life? And sooner or later we start acting independent with our Lord. We act like we don't need His help. Now you're probably saying, whoa, 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 Pastor. You know, stop there. Don't, don't say that. I, I didn't say that I didn't need God's help. We don't say it directly to God, but our actions reflect how we have more confidence on our impulses than in God's direction and answers. You know, and I believe that this is where as believers we create the greatest damage for our lives. I want to focus on this word tonight with the concern on how we are retaining our problems and not releasing them to the Lord. Let me just share with you just this point, church. When a person sadly no longer has an option concerning a life-threatening situation or a life-health-threatening situation, and he goes to the doctor and the doctor says, I have a remedy, 
This is the last option that there is for you. It is the only remedy, but I don't think you're going to like it. I don't know anybody that's going to say, well, uh, I guess we're just not going to take your option. 100% of the time, I think people will say, do what you got to do. If it is life-threatening and you have no more options. That's the way you got to get to every situation of your life. You got to get to the do what you got to do thought with God. You got to get to that place where you say, do what you got to do, God. I trust in your providence. I trust that all things work together for good for those who love you and are called to your purposes. You're, my, you're right here right now saying, Pastor, I'm going through this and I'm going through that. What opinion can you give me? None other than but go to God. <laughs> of none other than but go to God. Seek his presence continually. Because if you don't, you'll lose your mind. Come on, somebody, bless the name of the Lord. If you don't seek his presence continually, you'll lose your mind. You'll lose your strength. You'll lose your joy. You'll lose your happiness. You'll turn into a bitter person. But when you seek the Lord continually, not man, not the teachings and opinions of man, not the sermons on YouTube, you know, not the devotional books from Lifeway. When you seek his presence continually, you'll find pleasures forevermore. Pleasures at the right hand of God. And I, wanna, I want you to just focus on that you got to get to a place when you're going through anxiety, where you're going through depression, you got to get to a place where you tell God, do what you got to do. And church, this is the condition we are in. Every time we face a trial in this life or we go through hardship, don't run away from God. Don't try to fix it on your own. Don't try to scheme your way through. Only God can work these things out in our, in our lives. And the more we wait to come to him, the more we hurt. And the more we try, the more we ruin. My prayer is that through this word tonight, you would be encouraged to start coming to God. To give it all that you, that you are going through, you would give it to God. And that you would patiently wait upon the Lord to endure the remedy that he has destined for you to find strength and success through. And so what does the word declare about overcoming anxieties? To overcome through the Holy Spirit, number one, you have got to submit your thoughts. To overcome in the Holy Spirit, church, you got to submit your thoughts. 2 Corinthians chapter, five, verse, uh, chapter 10 verse 5 declares, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I pray you would start rebuking your thoughts. I pray that you would start exhorting yourself when you are thinking in your mind something that does not align according to God's word. That you would submit your thoughts to the Lord. Why? Because your, your mind is a battlefield. Your thinking is a war. And your reasoning is the action. When a person is not submitted in their thoughts to the authority of Christ... Vision and direction is absent. I want you to just listen to this. When your mind and your thoughts are not submitted unto the authority of Jesus Christ, vision and direction are absent in your life. And when vision is, is absent and uh, a direction is absent in the life of a person, clear reasoning does not reside in the person. 
And when clear reasoning does not reside in the life of a person, they become quick to live life on impulses, producing that everything is right in their own eyes. Let me tell you something. When you live a life of anxiety, when you live a life of depression and your mind and your thoughts is not submitted to the authority of Jesus Christ, everything is right to you. That's why you got the wrong friends in your life. That's why you go to the wrong places when you're in times of trial. That's why you say the wrong things. That's why you seek the wrong remedies. Because your mind is not submitted to Christ. And when your mind is not submitted to Christ, every way for a man seems right for himself. And you got to start getting to that place where you say, it's not what I want, but what God wants. What is God trying to teach me in this season of my life? Where do I need to submit my thoughts? I know some people that have a lot of friends. You shouldn't even have them as your friend. But because your reasoning is off. Because your thoughts are not submitted to Christ. Even the devil loves to make friends. Sometimes we befriend the wrong spirits. We befriend the wrong people. No wonder you're so twisted in your thinking. Making wrong decisions, left and right. And then you go asking the Lord, help me, Lord, please help me, God. You know, I, I, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Your mind is not submitted to Christ. Because when you submit your mind to Christ, the body has to obey. Listen, when you submit your mind to Christ, I'm addicted, I can't. When you submit your mind to Christ, I just want to get real. Complain, I, I need to change it. No, when you submit your mind to Christ, the devil can't mess with you. When your mind is submitted to the Holy Spirit, the enemy cannot have his way in your mind. You will say, it's time to go to sleep. Instead of staying in the living room with a whole pot of coffee. Listen, church. You will say, it is time to pray instead of calling the cheese man. It is time to read the word instead of scrolling on Facebook. It is time to seek counsel in the Holy Spirit instead of looking, Googling, what should I do in this situation? Before you listen to Dr. Phil, before you listen to doctors on TV, before you listen to Google, before you get to the Lord. And you know, when your mind is not submitted to Christ, every way for a man seems right in his own eyes. It's the reason why we got wrong people in our life. It's the reason why we got wrong decisions when it comes to temptation. You don't know what to do. Why? Because you have given yourself over to many authorities. But when you submit your mind unto one authority, and that authority is the knowledge and the wisdom and the power of God. Come on, somebody bless the name of the Lord. The enemy cannot have his way in your life. And many times we need to shut down the avenues. We need to close exits. And we need to say, my mind is directed to one goal. There's no exit for Facebook. There's no exit for friends. There's no exit for money. There's no exit for my job. I'm, I'm removing all the exits when it comes to problems in my life. The go-to person is the Lord. The author and the finisher of my faith. The beginner. Come on, somebody bless the name of the Lord. He who was and is and is to come. Blessed be the name of the Lord. To him be the glory. He is who I'm going to seek in my life. I tell people that want a change of life, disappear 
What do you mean? Disappear. Disappear. People that want a change of life, change your number. Change your, delete your Facebook. I mean, don't let them find you. And when they come knocking at the door, hey, is what's your name live here? No, I, I haven't seen him. You know, actually, I think he died. What? Yeah, he died. He died about five months ago. No, hombre, I didn't even know that. Yeah, he died. Gone. You're a new person. The old has passed away. The new has come. The old you has died. But see, many of us, we want to we wanna keep it dormant. Right? We want to keep the answers of the world like a plan B. No, there's only one plan. One way. And his name is Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. I, I, all I need is the Lord. When I'm going through it, I'm not looking at my phone. I'm calling out to the Lord. When I'm about to give up, I'm not worried about what you're going to tell me. I just want the Lord. I'm hungry and thirsty for his righteousness. It's his presence that took me out of my dirt and my pit. It's his presence that took me out of my addiction. And it'll be his presence when I feel like going back, when I feel like retracting, when I feel like giving up. It will be his presence once again that lifts me up. It wasn't different in the beginning. It always, it's always been God. It was God at the start. It'll be God through life. And it'll be God at the end of this life. When I stand before God, it'll be Him at the end of this life. You've got to submit your thoughts to the Lord. Get your mind submitted to God. Get your mind submitted to God. Everything is, is right until it isn't right. Let me say that again. Everything is right. Until it isn't right. When your mind isn't submitted to Christ, everything is right until it isn't right. And because of self-exaltation, our lives become a toxic battlefield. And six points in helping you take your thoughts captive. Write these things down. Six things to help you take your mind captive in the Lord Jesus Christ. Number one is this. You have to accept responsibility for your thoughts. Accept responsibility for the things you're thinking. That devil. No. La carne. <laughs> the flesh. Accept responsibilities. Accept responsibility for the things that you're thinking. I accept it, Lord. I accept responsibility. Why? Because deep down inside, that's a desire I want. And God, I submit it to you. Look at this. Look at the power of this. This is powerful. Don't say, man, that dirty devil, he put that thought. No, 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 no. It's been in the closet for a long time. Right? Sin is crouching at the door. Take responsibility. You know, don't, don't, don't be one of those that it's not my fault. It's your fault. Okay? And you got to take responsibility and say, God, that thought, yeah, I submit it to you, Lord. You know what that thought is, God. You didn't put that there, God. I accept responsibility. And then you start detailing how that spirit got in your life. If you don't know, ask the Lord to help you understand where the enemy had a foothold in your life. Start saying, God, the enemy came in my life through that person. That thought I heard and it originated when I was there. That thing stuck to my life and it is now a problem. And I take responsibility for what I am doing that has damaged my mind and has become a problem for me in my spiritual life. Take responsibility for your thoughts. That's how you, number one, how you take your, your thoughts captive in the Lord. 
Number two, your mind, not just your behavior, must change. Not only taking responsibility for your thoughts, but you got to understand that your mind, not just your behavior, it's got to change. The way you think, the way you reason, it's not just submitting it to the Lord and taking responsibility, but it's declaring that it needs to change. It needs to change. You cannot entertain these thoughts in your mind and not expect to stay up in the middle of the night saying, uh, please, Lord, help me, help me. No, no. If you're entertaining the thoughts, the enemy has, have, has a foothold in your life. And you need to quit entertaining the thoughts. You need to clean out the pot. Clean it out. You need to ask the Lord what? This needs to change. These thoughts cannot reside in my life no more. And you're saying, man, that's impossible. The memory, of a, the memory of a human being. Do you know how hard it is to change the memory of a human being? But there's nothing too hard for God. <laughs> there's nothing hard for God. Nothing hard for God. Nothing hard for the Lord. You might remember where you were at before you met the Lord, but you ain't remembering how you want it. The Lord has taken that desire out of your life. That's what we need God to do. We need God to take out desires that shouldn't reside in us. We need to remember that we were broken. We need to remember that, you know, what we were in our state without God. You know, but we don't need to remember how much I loved it. Many of us, we, I, I, man, I love that stuff. No, no, that means you're still tickling with the idea. You need, to, you need to take that thought captive and you need to start asking God, God, in reality, don't, don't play that. Don't play the game like that. You need to be real with God and start saying, God, I, I kind of like this stuff still. I need to submit this to you, God. I'm still entertaining the thought of desire. Right? I'm not praising you in victory fully yet. I'm still entertaining the thought of desire. And if I don't watch it, if I don't ask you for strength, this desire is going to bite. When I least expect it, it's going to bite and it's going to cause me to fall. When you least expect it, and most of the time when we least expect it is when we're prideful. When we least expect it is when we think we're strong and mighty. When we least expect it is when we think we got it all in order. When we least expect it is when we say, I pray, I'm prayed up, I'm worded up, I'm churched up. When we least expect it, when you think you're strong, be, beware lest you fall, the word of God says. And so you, you need to understand that not just your behavior, but your mind needs to change. The Bible says, renew your mind in the Lord. Number three, you got to start thinking through your problems rather than just reacting on them on impulse. Stop responding so quickly. Take your time. Ask the Lord for strength. Ask him for his wisdom. Number four, confess them. Oh, I love that one. We don't like to confess anything. We're secret boxes. Right? Don't come in. Don't even think about it. But we need to start confessing it. There's freedom in confession. There's freedom when we release these things in our heart. Oh, hallelujah. There's so much freedom when we start releasing it. We start confessing it to the Lord. Oh, God, I'm going to confess it to you, God. Say it. Don't be afraid. The Lord loves you. He's not going to push you away. He's going to draw you closer. He's going to bring you more near. His presence is going to pour upon your life even more. Why? When you confess it. Confession. Number five. 
You got to reposition your focus if you're going to take your thoughts, thoughts captive. You got to start saying, I need to create new outcomes in my thinking. Create a new standard of thinking and make that your focus. I don't know what you got to do, but maybe it's God bless you when somebody gets you angry instead of the word you like to say. Right? I, I don't know if it's maybe uh, investing in doing uh, more good. You know, sowing more into people's lives. Whatever the Lord is giving you as wisdom to do so that you reposition your thoughts to something more positive, do it. Obey God. Obey the Lord. Some might say, well, you know, the, uh, how is that biblical? The Lord many times called Moses to the tabernacle of meeting. Moses got, you know, a, a, a creative he took his tent and pitched it outside of the camp. Get creative. Take your tent and pitch it outside of the camp. Do what you got to do to recreate, to, you know, to reposition your mind on things that are positive. That's why the Bible says set your mind on the things that are above. Amen. What are these things? Set your mind on the things that are true. Set your mind on the things that are noble. Set your mind on the things that are right. Set your mind on the things that are pure. Set your mind on the things that are lovely. I'm giving you word. This is not opinion. This is not man-made uh, fact. No. Set your mind on the things that are admirable. Things that are praiseworthy. That's what the Bible says. Set your mind on these things. Reposition your focus. Number six. You got to believe it's possible. Amen. All these things you can do. But if you don't believe it's possible. You'll never see victory in your life. You'll never see victory in, in getting your thoughts captive in the Lord Jesus Christ if you don't believe in the promise of his word. You've got to believe the promise of his word. Don't just declare it. On one of these times that I was ministering to this brother, I said, you've got to believe it. Don't just recite the verses. Believe them. Believe them by faith. Speak it into existence. You know, pastor, it seizes me up when I'm in the marketplace. I've got to leave. I've got to go back home. Speak it in the mind. Let them think you're crazy. Speak it loud. You got to talk in your environment. Set the atmosphere for your environment. Speak the word where you are at. You got to retone where you are living at, where you are about. Retone it. Set the tone and the atmosphere of that. That is the place where God has you at. And that is the place that you are going to abide. And that is the place where you are going to be fruitful. And that is the place where you are going to excel. And that is the place where you are going to grow. And the enemy cannot do anything to get you off of, you know, the, the, the task. And the enemy cannot get you off of the mindset of success of what God is about to do in your life. Just because the enemy wants to attack you. It's a decision. We create dependencies. We say, you know, in that time, I gotta take a bag out and I gotta read. <laughs> you know, I, some people, you know, I gotta close my eyes and put my, my hands on the wall and put my head there and just think. I want you to just think, and then they say, it's because I, I feel like I feel like I don't have control over myself. But look at this. If you don't have control, how have you given the authority? To that response to calm you. How do you not have control if you've given the authority over a, on a bag to calm you down? So that tells me that we are relinquishing authority to something. And in the process the devil is 
relinquishing you of your identity. You're not understanding what I'm saying because when you got identity, when you know who you are in the Lord Jesus Christ, you don't relinquish your authority to the enemy. Now, all of these things are great. All of these programs that get you fast-paced and up and going, that's all good. But what, what it ought to be teaching you, what the end result should be is that you are strong in the Lord Jesus Christ. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Greater is he that is in you than he who is out in the world. Come on, somebody bless the name of the Lord. Because he has overcome. You too have overcome in the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And you got to understand something. You can, it is possible to become, a, a, get that authority in the Lord Jesus Christ and overcome the spirit of anxiety in your life. I love the Wesley commentary on 2 Corinthians 10.5. And I want to just read to you that verse one more time. It says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. But look what the Wesley commentary says about that. It says, destroying all vain reasonings. Look at this. And every high thing which exalteth itself as a wall or rampart against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought or rather faculty of the mind into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Those evil reasonings become destroyed. The mind itself being overcome and taken captive. Look at the process here. Paul is saying the mind itself being overcome and taken captive lays down all its authority of its own and entirely gives itself up to perform for the time to come to Christ, its conquer, the obedience of faith. Your mind will obey the Lord Jesus Christ when you allow it to become overcome by the Holy Spirit. It has to relinquish its authority upon your life. And I'll tell you something, when it is your flesh and not the Spirit of God that is in control of your life, it will seize your body. It will make you sick. It will make you go crazy when you're not submitting your mind unto the authority and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Destroying all vain reasonings. To overcome through the Holy Spirit in times of spiritual anxieties, you cannot, number two, you cannot underestimate your opponent. Don't ever underestimate your opponent. Romans chapter 7 verses 15 through 25 declares to us, For I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want. But I do the very thing I hate. How many say amen to that? <laughs> and it goes on saying, Paul says, Now if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me. That is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right. How many have the desire to do what is right? But you don't have the ability to carry it out. That's what Paul said. You have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. So, Paul says, so I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God, in my inner being, but I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am. Paul said, oh, what a wretched man that I am. 
But I love what he says here. Who will deliver me from this body of death? <laughs> Who will deliver us from this body of death? He said, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of my sin. Want you just understand this. Only the Lord Jesus Christ can deliver you from the death of your body. Only the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ can deliver you from the death of that mind that is so unproductive in God. When it takes over your life, it will seize your body. But when you begin to submit your mind unto the Lord, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And I'll tell you something. When you underestimate your opponent, your body and everything about your life begins to become unproductive. The body, the flesh creates always a mind and a body of panic when your mind is not submitted to the Lord Jesus Christ. And David describes what this feels like. And I want to just remind you of what it feels like when your mind is not submitted to God and it begins to govern your body. Look at this. My heart is in anguish within me. Psalms 55, 4 through 8. My heart is in anguish within me. The terror of death have fallen upon me. Fear and trembling come upon me and horror, horror overwhelms me. And I say, oh, that I had wings like a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. Yes, I would wander far away. I would lodge in the wilderness. That sounds familiar. Because I know a man who wandered and stayed in the wilderness to want to die. And that was Elijah. When your mind is not submitted to Christ, it will take you to wildernesses. And though it feels like rest, you're killing yourself. He said, yes, I would wander far away. I would lodge in the wilderness, Selah. I would hurry to find a shelter from the raging wind and the tempest. Just as Elijah, we would want to run as well. Just as Elijah, we want to hide. We want to disappear. We want to wander. And yes, the action of relief stems from a flesh with no answers found in the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to run. We want to hide. We want to disappear. We want to wander. We want to just get away. From everything. Why? Because our answers do not stem from the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Who is our authority and is our power through the Holy Spirit. And this is what we do. We say that's my answer. Run. Hide. Go. Leave. Get away. You know. Don't nobody find me. Just hide. You know. Run away. That's the answer for the one that does not have his mind submitted to the Lord Jesus Christ. You will always leave responsibility. You will always release the vision of your life. You will always release the goals of your life. You will always release the joy of your life. You will always release the fruit of your life. When your mind is not submitted to the Lord. And you'll end up living under a wilderness. Living in a wilderness under a broom tree ready to die. I understand why people want to run. I understand their heart. Because all they want is to find shelter. I get it. You want to run. You want to hide. You want to disappear. You just want to just poof, be gone. Nobody able to find you. I get it. I understand why. All you want is shelter. But you have the wrong focus as to where you're going to get the shelter at. It is not found in a cave. It is not found alone. 
It is not found departed away from his presence. David said, take not your Holy Spirit from me. What he was saying, take everything else, lest your spirit, for your spirit upholds me in my life. I understand them because it's only a, tr- a front to try to find shelter for the person that wants to run. But again, like Elijah, running only creates unproductiveness. No fruit. But more than anything, we become souls governed by the body instead of souls governing the body. Understand it. Let me say it again. When our minds are not submitted to the Lord Jesus Christ, we become souls governed by the body instead of souls governing the body. When your soul has identity in the Lord Jesus Christ, it will govern your body. It will say when it wants to be unproductive, get up. When you want to sleep it through and cry your pillow full of tears, your mind will say, get up. You can't be here. No, this is not where you're going to reside. When your, mind, when your body is fiending and wants to go back to the mugre, you're gonna, your mind is going to say, no, 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 no. Get out of that thought. You get to the Lord. You get to his presence. You start in prayer. You get in the word. And then at that very moment, you start realizing something. What? Your members are at war with the mind that wants to be led by the Holy Spirit. And tonight I want to tell you something. Maybe your mind has been feeling the pressure. Maybe your body has been feeling the need to want to retract, to want to go back to laziness, unproductiveness, you know, to that spirit of sloth. But I'm telling you, break out of it, that your mind would be submitted to the Lord, that you would say, no, I belong to God. My body belongs to God. My hands belong to God. My feet belong to God. This life of mine belongs to the Lord. It is not mine. It is the Lord's blessed be the name of God. First Corinthians chapter 9 verses 27 declares, Paul said, but I beat my body. In the ESV version it says, but I discipline my body. It's not just beating your body. In our minds we say beat my body. We, there, we're beating it, putting it in, you know, in shame and you know, just hurting. No, no, no. It's not hurting yourself. Subjection. Paul is saying, I discipline myself. I discipline myself and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I find myself disqualified. After preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Just understand this. It is impossible. It is impossible. It is impossible to prove that you are a Christian, but yet your life is not governed by the Holy Spirit. It is impossible to prove that your life is governed by the Holy Spirit, but your mind is not submitted to the Holy Spirit. How can somebody be a Christian and not be submitted to the Holy Spirit? Don't worry. I'll give you some time to figure it out. Impossible. For somebody to say, I am a Christian and not be governed by the Holy Spirit. We got to be governed by the Holy Spirit. He needs to be the leader, the captain of our life. I'm tired of this co-captain stuff. No, he's the captain of my life. He's not the co-pilot. He is the pilot. I'm following his direction. Where he is leading 
And it is not my mind that's in control, but it is the Holy Spirit, the Spirit that is in control of my life. And what, is, what Paul is saying here is, I discipline my body and I keep it under control. Lest after what I preach, I don't find myself disqualified. How can we preach that in God there's peace, yet you display to the whole world you don't have self-control? How can you tell your family, come to the Lord and, you know, give your heart to Jesus and there's power? Come on, somebody say power. power. Yeah, we say power a lot, but we don't have any control over our face. No control over our hands. No control over our feet. Bitter people. Angry people. We display the opposite of our preaching. We display the opposite of our testimony. We display the opposite of the truth of God's word. And God is saying this. I discipline my body. Paul said I discipline my body and keep it under control. Paul is not saying I keep it under my control. No, he says I keep it under control of the Holy Spirit. I got to tell myself that I am not my own. I belong to the Lord. God's a gentleman. He's a gentleman. He'll stand at the door. Until you open up for him. You are the one that's going to decide to tell the Lord, Lord, govern me. I submit. I lay down all of me. You be in charge now, God. Be in charge of my life. To overcome through the Holy Spirit in times of spiritual anxieties, you have to believe by faith. Number three, and I finish here, that you're not helpless. I rebuke that spirit of helplessness. That's not of God, to feel helpless. Not of the Lord. To feel as always declaring, I, I, I'm not in control. That's the devil there. That's not of God. That's just the way that I, no, 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 no. That's not of God. No. No, because the Lord, the word of God says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. No, no, no. You can get it under submission. You just got to subject it to God. Okay? You can have a sound mind. No hay locura que Dios no puede curar. <laughs> There's no crazy that God cannot heal. God can heal it all when a mind begins to submit itself to the Lord. Understand this. Oh, yeah. Look at me like that. I like that. Yes. Te picó el chile. I like that. Yeah. It's nice and hot. Yeah, it hurts a little bit. But I want to just remind you, there's no excuses as to why you got to stay that way. Because God has given you a sound mind. It's not of God to make excuses to stay caprichudo like that. Hard-headed like, no, 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 no. I don't, don't say, I'm helpless. No, no, no. There ain't no helpless in the Lord. No, no. For those that rely on the Lord, there's no such thing as helpless. For God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. God has given you authority. God has given you power to trample upon serpents. Don't say, no, the serpents aren't for me. No, 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 no. God gave you authority to trample upon serpents. God gave you authority to walk in power. God gave you authority to walk in joy. God gave you authority to say, I'm going to live in joy. I'm going to live in peace. I'm going to live in power. I'm not going to live this life declaring all the time. I feel helpless. No, you're not helpless. God's power is in your life. You just got to activate it by faith. You got to believe it. Got to believe it. We need to stop talking, living, acting, and responding helpless. You got to start knowing who you are in Christ Jesus. 
Know your identity. Remember that you have been sealed by the Holy Spirit. And I'll even say it. Know that you've been sealed by the precious Holy Spirit. There's nothing precious. Much more than the precious Holy Spirit. Found in confidence. Find that confidence in your submission to Christ. Find confidence in it. Don't ever try to lift yourself above your confidence in Christ. Find confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ. Find confidence in your submission. Sometimes we've got to cry and say, Thank you, Lord, that I'm submitted to you. Humble yourself like a child before the Lord and say, Lord, thank you that I'm submitted, God. For I know what I was before I was submitted to you. I had no direction. I had no goals in life. I wasn't going anywhere. I didn't have any life, but thank you, Lord, that I'm submitted. You don't even know God did that miracle in your life. Sometimes we forget that God did that miracle in your life. You were that horsey that could not be tamed, but when the Lord mounted himself upon your life, when the Lord mounted himself upon your life, he tamed you, he calmed you down, he showed you that you can overcome that addiction, that you can overcome that alcoholism, that you can overcome that depression, that you can overcome that anxiety, knowing who you are in the Lord Jesus Christ. Know your identity. Know that you have been sealed by the precious Holy Spirit and find confidence in your submission to Christ. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. For he maketh me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside still waters. David said, he restores my soul. But I love this part. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Wow. I want you to stand to your feet with me tonight. Hallelujah. For his name's sake. He does all these things for his name's sake. For his name's sake. Not for my glory, but for his. For his name's sake. For when we are weak, he is made strong. Paul said, I boast all the more in my weaknesses. How many like to feel weak? Anybody like to feel weak? Anybody? Anybody say, I like to feel weak. For the Lord, you better start liking it. For the Lord, start liking how to be weak before him. You see, naturally, we don't like to feel weak. And by the question that I just asked, 100% of you denied it. But there is one that, for one, there's an exception. That's the way you got to live. Like, for one, I make an exception. I make an exception for the Lord. I become weak for him. I'm nothing without him. My joy is not found in anybody but him. For I boast all the more in my weaknesses. For when I am made weak, he is made 
strong. He is made strong. He's made strong. I don't know what your anxieties are tonight. I don't know what your worries have been. If I could say there's so much more that I want to tell you about this. So much more. But the Holy Spirit placed in my heart to tell you, you don't need to lose your mind. You don't need to lose your mind. Sanity is in Christ. Your peace is in the Lord. Your joy is in the Lord. Wake up every day saying, Lord, I don't need to lose my mind. I don't need to. I was ministering to this brother the other day and I said, it's a choice. Did you know that? It's a choice. Mija, it's a choice. I don't know what better way to say it, but it is a choice to live in fear. It's a choice. And, and it's not like somebody is forcing you. No, it is a choice you relinquish at your own authority. So if that authority is in us, we also have the authority to say, I refuse to relinquish my joy. I refuse to relinquish my peace. I refuse. I don't want to let it go. And yeah, the devil will try to lift up his hands and duke it out with you. But when you say, I have no time, my mind is submitted to Christ. At that very moment, the devil, look at this. The devil has the wrong opponent in front of him now. You see, when you fight the enemy, oh man, he has a good opponent. And he has a good chance of winning. But when your mind is submitted to the Lord Jesus Christ, now he's fighting the Lord. You don't understand what? Now he's fighting the Lord. He chose the wrong opponent. And, and I'll tell you, when the Lord takes over your mind, it's the reason why the devil flees. Because he has no knowledge, he has no wisdom that can overcome what the Lord can give to a person. That's why he said, prepare no defense in advance for yourself, for I will give thee the words to say. The Lord will give you the, the power. The Lord will give you the wisdom. The Lord will give you the answer. And guess what? When you grab the Lord's answer, when you grab the Lord's power, when you grab His Spirit, the devil's going to say, I have nothing to counter-respond to God's answer. I have nothing to counter-respond with against what God has placed over your life. Tonight, God wants to give you that anointing tonight. There is hope in this land. Why don't you turn?